I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Patches are waiting flight 00H147. That's flight 00H147. Please approach the gates. Your flight is not ready for boarding. You're listening to the Out of Home Podcast. 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 Featuring Kieran, Kwame, Yas, and Stephen. You London boys are crazy. <laughs> yeah, we're back in, man. We're back in, we're back in, we're back in, we're back in. Well, well, welcome, man. Welcome. It's the day after the night before. I love that saying. I love that saying, you know. And the man them are gathered round in the East. Of Amsterdam, repping at plus three one. Every single one of us are inside. That's Kieran, Kwame, Yaf, and Stephen. Today, due to technical difficulties, there's one mic between four. However, that don't mean a damn thing. Yeah, of course, of course, of course, of course. We are a transatlantic, trans... How oh, we said this again? It's not transatlantic. Trans-European marauding podcast. Which means, at any given time, we could be recording out of four separate locations. Which means equipment needs to be patterned. And sometimes, it isn't. And today is one of those days. Because there was bigger fish to fry this weekend. Bigger fish to fry. And the fish that we was frying, bakayao. Yeah, me. Yeah, me. We was, we was tasting that fine rice with the bakayao. That good stew meat from Ghana. You know what I'm saying? But enough about me. I'm not going to hog the mic today. I'm going to give it to the man of the hour. The man, the boy who turned into a man. The freshest kid. He made sweet, sweet vows yesterday. Had me bawling, honestly. And it was just a vibe. So I feel like we should give him a round of applause, guys. What do you say? It's Kwame, officially Mr. Wilson. Mr. and Mrs. Wilson. Somebody's husband. Somebody's husband. How you feeling, man? Thank you, bro. I'm feeling... I'm feeling blessed. I'm feeling very happy. Yesterday was probably yeah best best day of my life. Like yes. it was there was a lot of there was a lot of stress going into the 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 day on the day, the night of the morning of like one thirty we, we were still at the venue in a in a, in Oscam, um, like like what do you call it, setting up, and then yeah the morning was just like a good one and like I, obviously like the registry started at two thirty, and I. I told people to be there around 2 o'clock, 2.15. And everyone was on time, bro. Everyone was there, bro. Yeah. <laughs> no, we did this already, bro. Are you, are you really about to... I would... I, w- I wish everyone was there on time, Kwame. However, my beloved, my beloved partner, Abby Batu, was not on time, bro. Sorry, babe, I had to throw you under the bus because you always take long. But she had, like, work delays, innit? It wasn't, it wasn't like... <laughs> Fair enough. I'd been diary for three weeks, but no. Um, in Vase, which is not even in Amsterdam, so that's like a, a small village, maybe just outside Amsterdam, so t- t- twenty minutes away. People were able to, to 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 locate a new location in that time. And when when I see the mandem, Stephen was um, was 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 sending me a lot of calls about the dress code. He come very polished in like a suede tartan number, and here he comes with the mic. So. Maybe because he has to defend his honour, but I'm not trying to attack it. No, it's not defending honour, it's just the brief, fam. You, you're like... <laughs> talk, to, talk to him about the brief, talk to him about the brief. The brief... The brief, the brief, the brief, the brief, the brief was wild. Formal, 
So, um, I need to, I need to find, I need to, I need to find, I need to find the exact phrasing that it sent me. So, like, obviously, like, the women were threatening a little bit about what to wear. Um, Kwame had these words of comfort in, with regards to their dress code. Uh, so, dresses, they can do elegant or wintry. Suits as well. They can wear oversized blazers and whatnot. This might not dispel any fears. <laughs> it did not. <laughs> Please let me expand on that. So I remember uh, on the 4th of November, I said in the group chat, silly question. Is it full all-out drip as if this was the big flash wedding? I'm not too sure. I want to come correct. Kwame replies, no, nah, not fully, but shoes over sneakers and soft pants <laughs> would be appreciated. Yeah, but... So a smart jacket and a shirt would suffice for sure. Soft pants and smart trousers are also welcome. Don't wear sneakers or... Because I fucked up. Who never fuck up? Hands in the air. No hands. I said no trainers. But lo and behold. Oh, there were a few bad... Yo, yo, brother as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, all right, cool. Cool, there's a couple of traders still, more than two, but it's fine. It's fine. But um, no, the, the brief for the women was, that's the one that sent me. How would I gladly forward it? I was like, what is wintry? What is, I was like, what is wintry? Like, I don't know what wintry is. Huh? You don't know what? Yeah, what's a wintry for, 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 for a female? I'm so curious. Like, you know, like the wintry dresses, isn't it, fam? <laughs> Which one? Like fleece lining. Yes, no, the the one, not fleece lining, but I, I, I mean, yes, they wore a wintry dress. The texture. Oh, my, oh, my day. Are we not doing that? So, you're, you're... Oh, 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 I don't think what I meant, what I meant, what I meant, what I meant, elegant, I mean something with a bit less, uh... So, you're talking about texture? Yeah. So, elegance is texture, wintry is texture. So, you were literally just talking about texture. Like, because, yeah. So, so Go ahead. Uh, so, you didn't want, like, a pretty little thing vibe? No, you could, but just, I would appreciate it if it's not that tight. Okay. Short. No, let me, let me say short. So, going to church rather than going to live? A mixture of that. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways. Now you see why everyone can live on a... No, 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 but, but, but my, my, my whole thing is people were panicking over smart formal. Like, bro, it's smart formal, isn't it, fam? No one, yeah. no one mocked it. No one mocked it. No one mocked it. Steven, you look very sharp, though, bro. My, my, my highlight was that you guys didn't have the benefit of the preparation week. Um, obviously, a shared office with Kwame and <laughs> print, Printer Gate will forever be printed in my memory, fam. That was really funny. That was really funny. Okay, yeah, because he's. <laughs> These guys, that, that, that is, but oh, it's such a wonderful week. Build up. By the way, Kwame, who the hell are we listening to? Oh, yes, the Out of Home podcast, an award winning podcast of four Londoners that met in Amsterdam sharing dope stories of their own and others. And might I add, the first ever group of podcasts or podcasts in general to be featured on Apple UK's oh. Spotlight page. If you go to browse right now, anywhere in the United Kingdom, anywhere in the world, and you have an Apple, and you have a you have a you have a UK account on the old iPhone. You click browse. The first names you will see are Kieran, Kwame, Yaf, and Stephen, or Stephen and Yaf, wearing all filling pieces yes. sourced by a good friend of ours, Nana Owusu, and shot by the talented Sean Bryan. Oh yes, exactly, exactly. He, my, my 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 guy's got a crazy IG name, but we're gonna leave that because it's a PG. It's a PG friendly show. Um, Wait, what's his IG name? Nightmare who comes in dreams. <laughs> That's an excellent. Name. <laughs> <laughs> are, are we happy with that? No, just. Question to the lovely ladies in the room. We have Tamara. Yes. We have Anna. Do you guys want to say hi quickly? Hi. They said hi. Um, if you met a guy and, like, you know, you hit it off, it was a decent vibe, 
And he said, oh, let me get your Instagram. And he said, all right, do you know what? I'll give him the Instagram. And his Instagram name was Nightmare Who Comes in Dreams. <laughs> what, what, are we, what are we thinking here? <laughs> Anna, what are you saying? You're intrigued. You're intrigued. Well, Rodell sounds like you're doing something right, my friend. <laughs> hey, of course, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, is this a trick question? You trying to catch me out? <laughs> so, so it's not putting you all the way off? No. Not at all. It's pretty inventive. It's clever. Shouts out. But are there, uh, would there be any crazy like um, IG names that would be like, okay, no, nah, like, the vibe we have is now ruined because your name is like, it's like <laughs> booty clapper. Like if it was something crazy, like something X-rated. <laughs> That's what we're telling you. Okay. No, no, tell me off. That's what I mean. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm no. Yeah. Underscores. Some sometimes they're necessary. Like if you if you want to have your name, but like. Oh, bro. When I, when I see you using underscore as a space bar for your username. Uh, no, no, that's not wrong with that. Oh, tomorrow. No, one, one, one. One. Yeah, one is calm, but when multiple, bro, like three, four, five, you're mocking it. Yeah, but, um, man said WordPress. Shout out to my, shout out to my, my blogspot homies. Um, but no, man, beautiful day, beautiful day. And I think it's only right that we start off with what made us smile. I think this might be another communal thing. My my was getting married, bro. My was getting married to my dear wife Midaya on a Friday, 18th November, and this is very important to me because Drake has a song called 18th November, and it's a banger. And now, and and now, wait, wait, and now, and and now, and and now forever and a day. Every time I hear that song, I think of that waste man and that and that great occasion I had yesterday in it, fam. Bro, the song is amazing as well, bro. Chopped and screwed. Um, no, yeah, 18th November. Oh, I remember it as well. I don't even know. Yeah, but I'm on, I'm on a, I'm on a podcast in front of like nine million people, bro. So at times you get nervous. But um, and that was actually my first. Um, yeah, my, that's actually, that's actually my first um, invite to the mandem. It was just the screenshot of the song. I was like 18th November, like, like save the date, and. Um, and my, and my parents were there, my brothers were there, everyone met my crazy brother Nana and my slightly less crazy, yeah, shout out to Nana, and my side of that is crazy brother Quex, and then my parents were on good form, and I had like a bunch of people from, you know, work, different companies, and just great people all around, and I met some of my family for the first time, and there was one aunt in particular, Tante Carmen, or Auntie Carmen, who was dancing and doing so much, and... Big legend, big legend, and who and who was and who was and who was and who was, she she held down that she held the big vibes, bro. Set the big vibes and setting pace. Didn't she um tip the drummers as well? Yes, time to Carmen, bro. Hold tight, time to Carmen. What? And then we 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 also had what do you call it? We also had um we also had a Sunamese brass band come in. And imagine like my head is so all over the place. I I, I forget that they were even booked in it, bro. So at one point I'm like, what's all this noise, fam? And I'm like, oh yeah, it's the brass band, isn't it, so bro? And after then um yeah, but we just was, you know so I was I was I was I was telling this off air to Anna earlier like it's really beautiful when like you see like when you feel obviously I've been to wedding before but never as the groom. Imagine why, and like um, now, like now, like the love being there for you, also for your partners. But you just see in other people's faces how happy they are for you. Like tomorrow, like I didn't meet you yesterday, but you were so overjoyed f- for me. That's a beautiful thing. Do you understand? So and just like seeing old friends I haven't seen in a long time, and like my family aren't together in one roof, especially in Amsterdam, often. So that was beautiful. So I'll pass it over to a grumpy Gabenga about what made him smile. And there kind of is a theme here, so I'd like to stick to it. You're waiting, yeah? yeah? Is that the theme? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's dope. To, obviously, it's dope to see the preparation, uh, particularly 
uh, in church because you had a lot of a lot of people don't know, but you had a lot of things that you had to um, had to had to deal with in a short space of time. So I think like seeing um, you navigate uh, all of these things was like very very impressive uh, actually yeah, that you managed to get everything um, um, done. And then obviously the last week as it was deep into Fergie time. Uh, you really, uh, you, <laughs> you really set pace. <laughs> you really set pace. So it was, uh, it was great to see the build up to that, and then obviously um, the actual wedding as well. So I've seen you and Mia's relationship like grow, and then kind of seeing that like crowning uh, moment as well. Because I think I've been over at the house quite often, or like randomly if we were out, and then like Mia would come and pick us up, and then and things like that, and then just to see. Um, the beautiful home that you guys have built together and then to have meet your family and Mia's family as well and I think like the registry was like a really really nice uh, nice moment and then to hear like the story of how uh, you guys met with questionable dance, da- questionable dancing skills questionable no 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 you don't get the bike you've had your turn it's, uh, sorry sorry <laughs> ring on the fam your finger giving you all kinds of superpowers but not here fam <laughs> um <laughs> but uh, it's it's great it's great to see and then obviously hearing the story about um how that is from faith and going to church as well. And actually the song um that made your choice it's a mum's favourite song as well. So he plays it all on the car, like like she had this one song, like they had like ten songs in the album, but this is the only song, huh? Huh? Joy Celebration. South African. Yeah. My God is good though. Yeah, she had that on loop for like a hot year and a half. Um, just on loop, that one song. Yeah, that's one of her songs. Yeah. But every time I hear that song, I think of Yaf. Because it says, Trini Trainer, Trini... Oh, that's what I hear. Trini Trainer, Trini Trainer, Trini Trainer, Trini Trainer. That's not what he says, obviously, but every time... I, so at one point, I looked at you, but obviously you, you hadn't gone that far. But, but you know, it's, it's beautiful, and it's beautiful to have everybody there uh, together, and then just to see you guys authentically yourselves, and then know how much it meant to you, and then obviously to your family, like your your brothers kind of speaking as well, like even them, even them, even them crying at some point in the ministry as well, and then seeing your mum mum's reaction as well, and then yeah, so seeing your family's reaction, and your dad's a legend, so I love I love speaking to your dad as well. So like yeah, seeing you and your family, fam. I know I'll, I'll permit you to touch the mic just this once. Joe, you know I love as well. Like I'm very like sentimental and emotional most of the time, but I love like when, when like different groups mix, and I love the fact that shout out to Cuba, who's a great photographer and was able to bless us with her skills, and a good friend of ours that I have on podcast as a whole. And and Cuba was driving from the registry to Oscam, the venue, and in the car was Abby, uh, in the Abby and my mum in the back seat, and then Yaf and Cuba up front, and then started speaking about, like, houses and stuff and relationships, and then Abby took my mum to an Oli bowling stand. Oh, and, and, like, my mum was able to find out about Dutch culture that in the wintertime, in November, December, Dutch people love to get warm donuts for Christmas time, and she bought a bag of donuts, and it's all through Abby, and it's like... And it's like it's like my, one of my best friends, like girlfriends, has this, has this vibe with my mom about donuts. Like I love that stuff, and then she also learned about Dutch culture. So, yeah. but, but do you know how it was sold to her? Basically, Abby was like, "Do you want to go get some oli bowl?" And mom's like, "What's that?" And Abby's like, "It's basically like Dutch bofro." And she was like, "Yep, let's go. I'm in. I'm in." It's like um, a, 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 a very very famous Ghanaian donut. I think in Nigeria is similar to like. Puff, 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 puff. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, yeah. Both from, yeah, yeah. But um, I'm gonna, gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna slide it over to Stephen so he can cap off and then hand over to one of the. I already capped off, so I'm gonna hand over to you. What made you smile, mate? Thank you, sir. Um, yeah, obviously the wedding, innit? It was just, I'm, a, I'm, I'm an observant person, and so like my thing is just seeing everyone happy but seeing the little moments of dudness throughout the day that just bring a smile to my face and I think obviously like just um being at the registry just seeing everyone downstairs in the reception was just I don't know it felt like the anticipation was building a little bit because everyone's kind of like standing around didn't know which room was going to go into so when we go upstairs you have this like grandiose hallway the building also doubles up as a museum 
which Andrew and I found out at the same time. Yeah, so it was like a city hall slash museum. So it looks super grandiose. And obviously, we've gone through now into the registry hall, are we calling that? Because yeah. um, this is my first time experiencing this. I've only been to like a white wedding before. Yeah. So we go in there now and obviously just seeing everything and like, um, I can't remember what was being said, but I think the lady was telling the story. And um, when she said the bit of like, you, the first time you went to see me, you, you went to the yard bare late. I was like, this guy is just such a joke, man. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it was just hilarious. But um, nah, man, the day was sick. The day was absolutely amazing like just seeing you how happy you were seeing you two together your choreography bruv well are we gonna talk about that like what 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 did you say before you started i've got two minutes i've got two minutes to commit social suicide is that it's something like that and then he talked to the floor i was like right man is actually doing up b2k (laughs) man's actually doing two steps Step up free with Kwame and Mia. It was mad. It actually looked so sick, though. That's the thing, it did. So I was very happy about that. But, like, in the house, like, the day before, with all the stress, and we only had time to re- to rehearse for one hour the day before, I was like, bro, this is, these men are going to finish me, fam. That's all I was thinking. This is so cringeworthy. But then, but then, like, when I did it, I, I felt so, like, calm and, like, measured, kind of slick when I look back at it. So the, the end bit, we kind of lost our way. But the, but the start, I was very happy with, so... I'll pass it back to you in a second, yeah. But I remember, I remember, I remember watching, um, watching Kwame and Mia dance, and Kwame looks at me and he's like, right, "Look, we're gonna go this way. We're gonna go this way." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like five, six, seven, spin. <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, get it, boy." <laughs> I think we're doing uh, like well so far with the one mic, by the way. Um, how did that come about? Wait, hold on, let me pass you the mic, let me pass you. So after night, me was like, oh, we should do like our first dance, isn't it? I was like, yeah, cool, but, but yeah, but I, I, thought, I thought we'd do one song. And she'd be like, no, it should be like, what do you call it, uh, a story. And I've always felt Jay-Z featuring Pharrell is such a smooth, beautiful song. It's, a, it's like a grown man song, excuse me, miss, right? And after like, yeah, beautiful song. And like, and like, Mir's, Mir's like, like that, that two-step classic, what are they, what are they called? What's the artist called, though? Yes. No, no, no. Uh, see? Oh, what is it? What, the lady who sings short is Yeah. The t- K- K- KP and Envy. KP and Envy? Yeah. See? Yeah, yeah. All good? You couldn't get it. So. Yes, KP and Envy. You couldn't get it. And after... Oh, we, 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 we thought we would end it on a song that we both love. And at one point in time, you never heard it before, Rap Raised Me, Mace feels so good was my favourite song because it was my confirmation at the time in 1998, maybe, that Mace is the greatest rapper alive. I was like, bruv, what more could you want, bruv? This guy's got it all, fam. He's got moves... Bro, he can rap. He's yeah, bro. He's 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 on songs with Brandy. I thought he was a guy, and um and then after, but I realized during this that in life, thirty seconds is a lot of time, isn't it? So you have to make sure that so you have to make sure that it's not too long because otherwise it's it's too long, isn't it, fam? So we were able to cut it down and keep it warm and bubbly. So yeah, bro. So that's what happened with the choreography. I actually thought that it was going to be very different to how it actually came out so shout out to Mia and myself for doing most of it on, on beat and on time so yeah oh is it me now Ah oh, man yesterday was just beautiful bruv it really was you know what yeah me and Kwame are the sad boys of this podcast obviously sad boys uh, new listeners uh, when Yaf and Steven leave Kwame and I to our own devices don't make it sound like we're the bad parents <sighs> I didn't say that. You're just putting... <laughs> when they're off gallivanting on their campaign trails across Europe, right? Sometimes me and Kwame have had to hold it down. And the two episodes that we did, we ended up crying. So there's no surprise. No surprise that when Kwame opened his mouth to give his vows to Mia, my eyes started watering. And I'm like, Kwame, why did you... I couldn't even see his face. I see his back and hear his voice. I said, <laughs> I start bawling, bruv. I start wiping my eyes, looking around. No one's crying apart from Abby. <laughs> Me and Abby are the only ones in the room with shedding a tear. <laughs> Kwame, you hadn't said but one word. Abby was already crying. I'm like, babe. <sighs> I look at her, she's like, 
You know when ladies have makeup on, they got to do some yeah, the thing with the tissue like this. I was like, oh, this girl, bro. I said, you're going to be a nervous wreck at our wedding, boy. That's a little clue for the... Uh... Rare. Okay. My thing. Um, <laughs> but um, nah, bro, like, honestly, I said before, I said yesterday, like, I'm super proud, super happy, super, like, super congrats to the both of you. Like, I feel like you and Mira are, like, our um, Amsterdam, like, symbolic parents. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, when you come through, you're like, I don't know, greatness. Black greatness. Black, black love, black... You know what I'm saying? You lot looked a picture yesterday. So, um, yeah, that was just what made me smile, making me smile. The, like, whole flipping procession of, like, getting from... Yeah, but you know what? Me and Tamara were in the car with Adam and Munya. Yeah, I love that. And, like, you know what? So, like, like that would never have happened, didn't it? That's, like, me as people and your people in a car going, like... And we, like, kicked it for a little bit, you know, as they were driving, which was really dope. And then... Um, Getting to like being at the the actual function, the food, the vibes, your brother, fam. Do you know what? Yeah, okay. I knew Kwame had two brothers. I knew he had two older brothers, Quex, Quex and Nana, right? And I've always heard about Nana. I've never never seen Nana. I've met Quex a couple times, and do you know what? Yeah, the Wilson brothers are very similar. However, Quex is like Kwame's sensible side. Yeah. And Nana is Kwame's <laughs> mad set. And do you know what? He brought so much energy, man. Like, and you could tell, do you know what it was? You could tell how like happy, how proud he was of you. Do you know what I mean? And just like what that day kind of meant for him as like an older brother as well, you know. He he just wanted everyone to have a good time. And like by the end, I'm like, this guy's feeding everybody's drinks. But no man, it was sick, man. It had a, it was sick. It was sick to be there, sick for like tomorrow to meet some people that like never met before. Do you know what I mean? And like, just been a, a wavy flipping weekend, bro. The DJ, yeah, the DJs were excellent as well. The band showed up. So yeah, man, all like vibes all around, man. Vibes all around. I do have a question for you, Mr. Quams. I keep this candle holder. I keep feeling like I'm knock something over. Um. So, obviously, we have a lot of people that listen to the pod and they might have been in similar situations as to when you first started seeing Mir. How do you know when you're ready to take the next step? And, like, what is the... What was that thing for you, if you don't mind sharing? Like, how can men, women, whoever know, like, when is the moment to, like, take that next step with their partner? Um, I'm trying to do this. So for me, it's like, I have this thing, it sounds so weird when you say it out loud. No, no, I'm definitely not a guru. Let, 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 let. You're basically now the guru and the oracle because you're married. Let me, let, 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 let me be a guru in 20 years, 20 years, no, but um, basically I have this thing where when I am dating someone, like, I have to like, I have, I have to look at like two things, like fun, like do we get along and stuff, but also like family, so like, is there anything about you that if I was to bring you to my mum or to my parents would be like a trigger? You understand? Like, and with me, it was always like from a very early age. I was like a stage. I was like, there's, there's. I was like, I was young. I was young. I was a young twenty-eight year old when I met this woman, bro. I was, I'm not old. I'm, I'm, a, I'm an old fifty-five year old in my heart now, bro. Like a lot of things have happened. Life, COVID, house, all this stuff. Love, yeah, yes. I feel like I'm. I feel like I wouldn't say. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say I've matured, but yeah. Anyways, but basically, it's like fun and family and. When I, when I was with me and spending a lot of time with her, I was like, no, I could easily bring this woman around to my family and my parents and it'll be fine. And sometimes with other women I date, no, no disrespect, it was like, there's nothing, e- there'll be nothing easy about 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 bringing you around. And it was like, I kind of felt that if I, if, if I was in that position, I would kind of have to win them over or, 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 or maybe come up with like a, a speech on why this person would work. But it's when when I would bring her through, it would be like, yeah, yeah, we, we get it. No need for presentation, like, we can see it. And then just also just, like, like the vibe, like, like, like we, 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 we spoke about it in the, at the registry. It's very important with my relationship to have layers in it. So, like, yes, you know, you're physically attracted. Yes, there's that spark. But, like, can you speak about uh, real stuff, issues, politics, uh, 
love and hip hop, bullshit like that. Or can, can you watch stupid shows? Or can you watch Atlanta or things like that? And then like break it down what it means to you on a social level or a cultural level. Do you enjoy the same food? Oh, you don't know about this food? Or oh, let me show you. Do you enjoy things together? Like it's also funny to have like your own vibe and games and banter and like like Marianne, the, the wedding official, was really great, but she kind of like like glossed over this this. Uh, Looks over this fact. Me and me, when we first met, we were like, bro, like, when we first started getting together, we were like, bro, like, allow getting rude in it. Because if, if, if we were to wrestle, I would definitely own you in it. And like, she, and like, she, she, was, she, she would say the same. So then after, so then often, like, I don't mean like that. But I mean, but I mean, actual wrestle as in like compete, right? So then after, like, the thing was, yeah, so, so, so like, and after so like so like so like serious that's excellent reference that's really good the first season was very good by the way um and um and after so like there was a running joke that we're gonna like we keep running our mouth but one day i'm gonna go on amazon and buy like a toy wrestling belt and it will actually have a uh a battle royale and whoever win can walk around the house with the belt in it like you understand? it never actually happened <laughs> bruv trust me bruv. and I, I actually think I actually, you know I, what and I think do you know what you might just get it yes and, but, but, but it's not don't, don't don't not just wrestling just make up all of the the, yeah, the, yeah. the, the, the things innit yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. So then after, like, there might be one time where, where the man them coming to record, and you have to like, bro, why is the belt around? Oh, that means you won today's battle, innit, fam? Like, that's why I have the belt around my waist, innit, fam? Like, my, my, my one day I might even go to work with it. Oh, like, I guess I can't want something today, bro. So so maybe because it inspired the wedding, that's what, what's happened, or not inspired. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wrestling belt, bro. Like, I'm a, yeah, anyways. Um, but, um... Yeah, bro. That was it. That was it. And uh, it was a great occasion. I definitely thought... Um, no, I mean, I, I cried a lot when, when 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 Nana gave a great speech. At first, I was kind of scared. And I kind of ran to the stage to see if I would have to, like, cut the mic off. But he just spoke, like, really, really from the heart and said some wonderful words. And then he ended up... Um, me and my brother and him were just hugged, uh, uh, embracing, like, very emotional. And then I was trying to explain to my mum. It was uh, basically like a... You might enjoy this. Or like, um, what do you call it? I might have actually like Mourinho moment. You know where them ones were? You know them where they cried off Champions League final, like just oh, totally yeah. inconsolable. Like, oh. So that, that was beautiful. And, um, yeah, we were chatting. And then after, at the back, so I like, I finally went to the toilet and dried my, dried my eyes out. And then like, Nana, Nana came through. Then there's a back room and we cried some more. I was like, bro. And often like, Tarek and David started giving me advice after I cried. Like, no, um, started praising me after I was crying. Oh, like, brother, you're such a good guy. I was like, no, fuck off you, man. Like, I need abuse now, innit, bro? I need abuse. I don't need to hear about who, how, how good of a person I am because I'm very emotional right now, innit? So, yeah, just a beautiful day, bro. But I would like it if we're able to uh, switch a lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The positions, if you will. Okay. And, oh, it's not quite my transition. I think speaking of switching positions, something Stephen's going to be doing on Monday because he's going to a land far, far away for a particular reason, which I think he was just about to mention, Kwame. Stephen is going to Qatar it up. And, um, yeah. Before we give this mic to Stephen, I think we should all be aware that he has plans. Like, I hope you all know. I hope, I hope you know. I hope you know he has plans. Like, my man has said he's going to be on the world stage. The world stage. And look, bruv, I don't even want to start quoting A Mile, but you look exactly like the bar from A Mile, bruv. 
I vomit on the sweater already. <laughs> Mom's spaghetti. You know, you know, they actually made that a thing. Like, I think they opened up some kind of like, like a, a, a mum spaghetti diner in New York recently. Seriously, it's not a joke. Seriously. Actually, no, I heard about that. Eminem is anyway. I don't understand the Eminem, but he's. Okay, sorry, Which one? About him. Um, about how he raps now. Yeah. He's yeah. so. Oh, by the yeah. comedian. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. nah, he's so bad. He's so, nah, like he's, he's really bad. Ba- the one of the worst. Yeah. yeah. You don't think so? Oh no, he's like last five, five years he's been god awful. But no, um, yeah. So yeah, in in the so the so the so the World Cup will start well, tomorrow when we recorded this, but not tomorrow when you're hearing this, or it would have started already. Um, the World Cup is in Qatar, so the first time in the Middle East. It was announced. So the, usually the World Cup is announced in f- f- four year cycles, and when they did it eight years ago, so twelve years ago. Um, they announced Russia and Qatar at the same time. Now, at the moment, at the moment that happened, the West was up in arms. Oh, corruption, money laundering. How you can give it to nations such, such as Russia? And people had um, notions of what World Cup would be in Russia. And Sir Stephen went, and a brother of ours, Tariq, and his brother Farid, um, also, and Ahmed also went to um, uh, Russia, and they had a great time. Yeah. They had a, 2018. They had a great term, and Stephen, you can speak to that. And then, and then, but because of Russia and still this European traits and whatnot, it was still kind of I don't know where you were, but it was still kind of um, accepted. Yeah, yeah, 100. percent And France won. Oh, the year you moved. Yeah, first time I met Yaf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, because um, I met you, obviously, yeah. And then 2022. Now, of this year's in Qatar, and people were like, oh, it's terrible, money laundering, and like. There's been a lot, a lot of controversy because Qatar is a country where w- women's rights are a lot more suppressed than they are in the, in the, in the, in the West. And LG, you know, being homosexual, being a homosexual is a criminal offence by law, and can get ramped up to three years in prison. Both are abominable. Yeah, but then there's a lot of people been saying, oh, but there's a lot of like hateful rhetoric being spread about Qatar. But when it's other bigger European nations or what have you that's brushed under the carpet right and then um, so yeah it's like it's, it's funny and a lot of times in the, in the UK and in the West people are like oh these foreigners can't come here and impose their rules because you know um, sometimes people are upset that mosque has been raised and people can follow some uh, emblems of like Sharia law or what have you but it's the law of the West so people say the law of the land but now a lot of people are saying that well okay if that's the case if we go to Qatar then surely some things that we can't impose on their culture because that's their land. So I just want to get like a, a a scope of how people are thinking. And Stephen, as someone that has been to many World Cups and will be travelling in Qatar, I think it'd be great if you can if you can like kick it off and where where your head is at at the moment of all the coverage that the World Cup in Qatar has been receiving. But whether it's good or bad. Yeah, just in general, how you feel, bro. Yeah, yeah. So World Cup at the end of the day, and like everybody said, there's. Uh, good and bad things about every... I think the only World Cup where no one's really said anything um, that I can remember was, like, 2006 Germany. Because, mm. obviously, it, it's Germany. It's just like, OK, cool, there wasn't much to say. But every other World Cup, whether it's South Africa and all of the uh, rumours that they were saying about, oh, it's the first time in Africa, it's going to be this, it's going to be that. And it acted like it was going to be terrible, would not it, Phil? Yeah, and it was a great World Cup. Same with, um, um, obviously, the other one that... Oh yeah, there was a big uproar about Brazil as well because of the yeah, because of the polit- political twenty fourteen because of the p- politics there. But yeah, you had the you had the one in um, Brazil, which was obviously political. Then you had the one 2018 Russia, uh, same same again. So everywhere you go, you're going to have the issues. My, my biggest thing is that um, the whole argument for a World Cup is that it's supposed to leave, uh, the power sport's supposed to leave a legacy there. So like in South Africa, they left a load of stadiums that, um, that couldn't be sold. So actually it was just empty it's just empty empty space but like, there's a com- couple of programs uh which happened in russia uh I'm, I'm not too sure what the legacy was to be honest with you uh and then this one with this world cup i'm not sure what the legacy is going to be either because they can't really change 
any of these laws. I think it'd be different if they were going to say, like, yo, this World Cup is an opportunity for X, Y, and Z to happen, but it feels like the there's not really a power balance. It feels like um, kind of like Qatar obviously can impose um, what they want because it's in their in their in their country, but there doesn't seem to be anything that like uh, FIFA or are leaving there that's actually going to leave the country in a better uh, place or with more knowledge. Yes, they're going to be exposed to like different cultures and stuff. Then maybe uh, maybe it's the exchange of the people, but apart from that, I'm not really sure. Um, what's going to be left as a as, as a legacy. So I think that's the part that I'm most curious about. I think the World Cup will be uh, a great spectacle. I think it'll be very, very entertaining. Um, Infantino's comments were a bit mad. Um, he basically, yeah, he basically made a long speech about um, trying to address some of the criticism, basically defending Qatar. Some of it was valid, but, like, the execution of it was horrible. He opened up, like, saying, like, uh, today I feel Qatari, today I feel African, today I feel gay, today I feel um, disabled. And it was just like, yeah, I understood what he was trying to go for, but, like, it was horrifically uh, put together because as a, as, a, as a white man, that's none of those things. You can't equate those things to a feeling. Like, those are people's uh, reality. So, like, it's very out of touch and I think a symptom... Of that, the one thing I do agree with when when he was talking about the th- like Europeans and their three thousand years of morals compared to like he said like those three thousand years of 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 morals yeah yeah they done should mean for the next three thousand years that you'd be apologizing. So I was like, um, what I took from it was that everybody's morals are questionable, and I think Piers Morgan of all Piers not Smears but Piers Morgan of all people. Um, made a really good point in terms of saying that um, there's eight other countries that are in the World Cup that have a ban on homosexuality but nobody's talking about them. So he went through all, every nation at the World Cup and like said like you know in Africa like you still get you still get um, you get burned if you're gay. Like so and then he went to like huh? Did, did he specify what part? Well in, no he just said places oh. and then um and then in America, obviously, with their uh, abortion rights and things like that, and then in 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 the UK has it has its own. So he basically went round every nation in the world. Comes to like everybody has questionable uh, morals. So like, why is it that we're over-indexing here? So I thought it was a very interesting um, debate. And then, um, but some things have been done in a shady manner. I mean, like announcing two days before that you're not going to sell. Um, alcohol in the stadiums is is fine for you to do that, but like you guys knew you were going to do that at the beginning, like you wait for people to, yeah. So like my thing is like it's not biggie to have alcohol in the stadium, but if you've sold tickets and told everybody you are going to have alcohol in the stadium, people bought tickets and everything with that expectation which you guys have set up. Your sponsor is Budweiser, and I believe they make beer and not. So like when you have that, and then two days before you say exactly. Who's going to make the cups this year? Um, two days before, you say that there's no alcohol. Then that's a bit that's a bit shady. And then Kwame showed me some of the um, um, some of the accommodation of families that we show. Kind of, it's very fire festival esque. So it's like, so it's gonna it's gonna be interesting. But like generally, like World Cups are always very good because of the people that go there and they go there in the right in the right spirit so I think when all said and done like it will all be fine but like it has brought some interesting topics and then yeah pass it over who wants the mic pass it over to this fellow to be honest it hasn't really felt like a World Cup around the corner it hasn't no we are in November as well I know I know usually it's summertime, season's done, and you're looking forward to it. But it's almost come as a flipping a, a nuisance for us Arsenal fans, to be honest. <laughs> no, 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 I'll take it as well. I'll take it, give us a little bit of a break. Come back in January, buy some players, keep the ball rolling. But anyway, that's neither here nor there because we're not talking about domestic seasons and the house that Ferguson built. But we are, <laughs> we are talking about... <laughs> The World Cup and uh, 
This is fine. This is fine. This, this is fine. This is this is fine. This, this is this is fine. This is this is fine. This is fine. This is fine. This is this is fine. This is fine. This is fine. All right. Anyways, but um, I I don't know, man. I feel it's it's kind of weird that like Western cultures are trying to enforce their like agendas on Qatari land and law in it, because at the end of the day, it's the it's the law of the land. It's the same reason why what's it's the same reason why what's my girl who's went to is it Russia, from from America. With the um, with the, the basketball player, oh, Griner, Brittany Griner, right? Brittany Griner goes to Russia, yeah, with, and she got convicted for nine years because she failed to follow the laws of the land, didn't it? And it's like, I understand that you want to make a stand when it comes to protecting people's rights, but then there's also like rubbing it in the faces of. The, the plate, the, the lawmakers, like you're not gonna go. People aren't gonna come to the UK and blatantly break the laws in order to make a statement. I mean, they are. They're throwing fucking oil at. I mean, paint at oil paintings all all around the world. But and I, but I, and you know what? There's ways in which you can make a stand without like like really trying to uproot what is actually happening in those places. Because what ends up happening once the governments or these like football nations start to make decisions on behalf of their agendas or their politics the only people that are in the firing line are players do you know what I mean like players wearing the shirts players going out there to represent their country and fans so it's like why put those people at risk if you know that the laws are the laws where they are in it like everybody knows they're wrong like, but you don't have to... I don't know. Like, I've, But then again, like, I'm saying that, but I'm also, like, thinking back into history, you look at, um, what is it? You look at the 1936 Olympics. You look at the 70, 76 Olympics with uh, Black Power Salute. Or was it? Or am I wrong? Yeah. You're looking at the Black Power Salute. And do you know what? Sport is a platform in which people make statements. They always say that politics and sports shouldn't mix, right? But I always feel like it shouldn't be the um, organisations or the governments. It's always the players. If the players feel like they should make a stand, they make a stand. But don't go out there and be like, put like a, a target on your back already by like changing the, the, the your crest on your, on, your, your, on your flag. Like, let the players decide because it's their sport at the end of the day. Yeah, I know it would have come from the brand, but this is, this is what I'm saying. I'm like, and it's very tricky war because I'm not here to say that I don't agree with like what they're saying. I'm just like, it's dangerous because you don't know what what areas and what what places you're going to, you know. So the only only question I was going to ask is that <clears throat> you mentioned like the 1936 Olympics, arguably on the world's biggest stage, is that where you can bring a lot of these things into light and question them, arguably. That's what I'm saying. Like, sport is one of the best vehicles for sending and spreading a message, isn't it? But it's like, are you saying, like, are you making these statements to let people know that you stand with them? Or are you making these statements to question the laws that are not going to change in a place that is already, like, do you know what I'm saying? Because people in America know that, like, or I don't know, but the majority of people in America know that, like, the American people or the American football team stands with pride, right? But, like, what are you going to do to change something that is, like, decreed by and backed by religion in that country and how people genuinely think? Like, I get it, but you're not going to change anything. But I don't, and I don't like thinking that way because... Obviously, I believe that there are room to change and I think people should be able to change. But I'm also thinking about it from a perspective of, like, that's a country that I don't see... Like, they're not going to be taking that shit very lightly. Do you know what I mean? It's, if for however many years it's been illegal 
for people to be homosexual in a country. You think a World Cup's going to change something? So, so my thing with Qatar, yeah, is that it's an Islamic-run country. So the laws are based off of religion and governed by religion. And I think for people to come in and question those laws is 100% like everyone's entitled to their opinion. But at the same time, you can't... Like, they're not going to change because it's based off of a religious belief. And my thing is, is that everyone's entitled to their beliefs, their opinions, etc., etc. So to the point of the West trying to come in and impose their thoughts... I'm just like, you're not, you're not really... It's, it's a double standard for me because then at the same point, yeah, when you look at the UK, for example, bro, you know, like, the Qatari state own the Shard, like, 95% of the Shard, yeah. They own 20% of the London Stock Exchange. Like, this country invests so much billions and billions of pounds across the world. Look at the links. Okay, if this country now owns so much of whatever, we, like... We all know, or we don't know. If you haven't watched it, I would advise people to watch the what's it called, the the FIFA doc on on Netflix, where obviously you find out that was a lot of like behind the back deals that were going on to get this done. But then, right? But if oh, bro, like, fam, huh? Platini. And what's the Trini brother? You always your who's your dog? Jack Warner. <laughs> but like, if if they if they're, like if you're looking at how deep like their their money runs or like their influence runs between like different places, some people ain't even gonna be to turn a blind eye to certain things. Do you know what I mean? Like, if if this was such a big problem, why give them? The, the the thing in the first place. Why is the World Cup still going ahead if there's so much problems in this in this uh, this country? Like, if everyone had that much of a beef with what was happening, we wouldn't be going to the World Cup. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, um, the crux of everything is just the. Uh, it, it, it comes back to FIFA because if they had started this whole thing just saying like. Our goal is to take football to new areas. This is at Qatar because it's never been there before. Yeah, so like if they had been clear and said that's what it is, then I think no one can really, um, no one can, no one can really say anything like. Um, it, it, it was messy because like the, 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 this is why I'm not so excited about this documentary because there've been FIFA documentaries before and it, it's it is it's, there's one of. There's one every four years, and it's, it's it, they're still there, so it, it doesn't actually matter. This documentary, but like they had the last one then, and it was kind of a changing of the guard and everything like that. So it's kind of like um, that's why it all got messy because people weren't understanding like why if they just came and been consistent, yeah, as to like why they weren't really able to answer why I think at the time they said they wanted to take it to New York. If they if that's what they want to do, then, you know, they're taking it to New Areas, that that's fine. I think there's nothing um wrong with that because I think that's actually very admirable that they would take it to New Year's the same way they took it to like Africa and things like that. And I think the point about like uh, Qatari money which you mentioned is just like there's so much hypocrisy um ar- around it. And I think like we just need to go focus back onto like what it is that they uh, wanted to do like FIFA normally said that they try to leave a legacy in all of these places, so that's why that was the first thing that I was going with, like. And to Kieran's point, I don't really see what much of a legacy they could be unless they were going to say, "Look, we're taking this Qatari money and we're actually going to invest in the LGBT community ourselves directly." Like, yes, we're getting a shitload of money for this, but we're going to use that money and do something good with it. Then I'm like, okay, cool. Like, that's one way to make some sort of tangible uh, difference. But I don't think that they've done a good job in communicating, like, what is the impact that they're actually going to make or how are they going to make um, the changes to justify this. And I'm sorry, England team, I'm not really plus by you wearing your own special brand of, like, armband for this. I mean, like, I, I don't understand, like, gestures like that. Um, and I think, like, people need to make, like, real tangible things rather than kind of, like... Um, brand speak or things like things like uh you know jordan henderson wearing that on his uh, on his bicep is 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 not liberating anybody at the end of the day no, but 
Thank you for coming. But like, um, yeah, I just want to say a few things. I've finished me because I was supposed to come on in a serious manner, but the bicep thing took me. No, um, I'll, I'll say this. Uh, I think there are there's been a lot of discourse about these matters, and like so some of the laws, you know, even if they are governed by religion or tradition, you can definitely be like, you know, like dismayed at them or what have you. But there's this like, yeah, you have made a good point or disappointed in them. You have made a good point about um, their investment levels and stuff. But I think it's always funny how. people people can speak about oh we are deeply outraged but but like but like whenever it affects people look whenever it affects the, the pocket of companies or business people they turn out of a cheek quickly in it bro like it's so funny how you how you can be deeply outraged but when it, when it comes to affecting you that that deep outlay you're like nah you know what we can we can we can come to a decision in the future and things so and also like let's not be let's let's be real like football is a multi-billion dollar business which means unfortunately if you go by human logic and as as history shows there's going to be a vast level of corruption there, right? You understand? Like, you're going to have to, like, step up on a lot of toes to, to keep getting that profit. And don't forget, FIFA is a body that will go to these um, countries and leaves countries heavily of billions in debt of hosting these events because FIFA pays no tax on their events, bro. Like, FIFA just get money. They don't get... They don't get the, what? Yeah, bro. Bro, they don't... It's a pittance what they pay. So, like, they they, 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 they will set up shop in South Africa or Russia, but because they're they're listed as a special body or, like, a charity, they basically don't have any cost. So everything they do, hotels, administration, is all sent back to the host country. Apparently, I think the Winter Olympics in Montreal was, like, the biggest deficit they ever caused. Billions of dollars. So so that's why there's a lot of uproar in Brazil about the World Cup. Because they're like, hey, we're a developing nation, but we're still pretty poor. We don't need this. You understand? We don't need this. So, like, World Cups are, World Cups are amazing. But like Stephen said, like, in South Africa, they built up these, like, um, state-of-the-art um, uh, stadiums. After the World Cup, they're empty, bro. Because a South African team that plays in a, in a plays in what do you call it? Let me get this right. Plays in like uh, Lesotho or what have you. I don't know if it's a country. It's quite wrong. But they play in like Cape Town or Joburg. Next week, I, I ain't got interest there. If last week, um, in, in, in Iniesta and um and 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 um, Nigel De Jong were there, you understand? So yeah, I'm gonna pass it to my, um to Yaf in a minute. But it's basically this. Whole, you know when you know that uh, when woke students go on a gap year and they'll go to like India or whatever, they'll spend like three weeks with a fam. They'll spend three weeks with a family. They'll make it or rain for three weeks and be like, oh yeah, they'll leave. Man like Gurdip and his family are still being left in the same stage. Like no one's there's no there's no aftercare, there's no nothing. Like like they it's, it's literally that scenario. They've gone there, they've done their gap year, they've taken bare pictures, they've had a good time, they showed a lot of love in those three weeks, but then they leave and it's like, okay, cool, still in the same situation. He might have ate, eaten good for like two, three days that you gave him whatever you gave him, but then like what else? Like if man's getting persecuted next week and he reaches out into your DMs, where you're gonna tell you're gonna tell him like sorry, I've left India, isn't it? So it's like Mm. You heard that Gandhi was mm. Gandhi's cousin Gandhi. Mm. Really grandson. No, no, but just let's let's remember whilst Gandhi was on his his uh his whatever, what 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 are we calling it? His sabbatical, his gap year with Gurdi. You would hope that Gurdi showed him a few things about the culture and that's the returning like of what he done. Because Gandhi might have come and spent some peas, but the culture like he he left with the culture. Do you know what I mean? That's what you hope. That's a that's a that's hopefully a good exchange of like. Yeah. Yeah, but no, 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 no that for the person doing the gap year, yeah, for the person doing the gap year, they've got their they go back, they got their learnings. Oh, India's great. Oh, I went to I went to this place. You know, I ate this food. It was lovely. But like my man that they've left out there is still gonna go through the same stuff there. So I'm like. That's it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's that, yeah. That's that's a big thing that's missing from this. Or they haven't communicated. Maybe they have it, but I, it hasn't been communicated. Like, what is the last? You know, all of these issues around migrant workers and their. You can't change the laws. So like, stop looking there. You can't change the laws. But are you are you gonna make? 
sport for those who do identify as as from the LGBTQ? Are you making football clubs for them so that they have a space? Like, what are you doing? So that's what I'm saying. Like, what is a tangible thing that you are leaving there? Otherwise, everybody's just on a gap here. So the point I wanted to make around legacy here yeah, is when um, I've got a very, like, another really interesting stat I'll share after. But um, a few years ago, we went out to Qatar to do, like, some pre-World Cup analysis, research, etc. And at the time... I think now the population is around 3 million in Qatar. And of that 3 million, around 10 to 15% are actually Qatari. So if we're talking about who is that legacy even being left for, the, the, the Qatari locals are actually a minority population in their own country. But I think for Qatar in general, what they're trying to do is this is like part of a bigger brand exercise where they can welcome more people to their country they can encourage more people to move there similar to kind of like dubai how dubai is just that place in the middle east where everyone wants to be and i know i know saudi are trying to do the same thing as well so right so a lot of countries in the middle east are just like on this brand so i actually don't think there's going to be a huge legacy from the world cup directly to like locals but i think for qatar it's going to be Huge. Um, one very interesting thing, I found an article that says 18 most expensive things owned by Qatar around the world. I just wanted to share what a few of those things are. Number one, Volkswagen. Number two, Barclays. Number three, Canary Wharf Group. Number four, and this one's really going to get you, Sainsbury's. <laughs> number five Harrods that doesn't really surprise me though. bruv it, the list goes on and on the list goes on the London Olympic Village Valentino Fashion Group Empire State Building they've got shares in that so they truly have a global 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 infrastructure and um, I think the question that people need to ask themselves when they're trying to diss Qatar or like send for the ethics of the country is like What's going on in your country, first of all? And, like, have you educated yourself on Islamic law or Islam in general to be making a judgment? One thing that Stephen said that was actually really, like, interesting was, like, if... <laughs> That's actually wild. Sainsbury's. I was say... Um, Stephen was like if fever had gone out and maybe you said to the F that like um, it was part of the proposal but if they went out there and said we want to take football into a new space right then you have to accept and respect the con not the consequences but like the things that happen if you're taking it to a new space this is what football looks like in this country do you know what I mean? Like, this is exactly what it looks like. You guys have put it in this country, follow the rules of this country. Like, don't try to come here and be like, all right, well, we're going we're going to Qatar and we're bringing football, but this is how we should be playing football over it. No. Bring your stuff. These are your rules. And this is the pitch. Leave as you come. Do you know what I mean? So I feel like the, 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 it's just about like respecting what it is, and I think we've all kind of said the same similar sort of thing. But I don't, I don't really understand why you would come and try to like spoil up the broth when, when, <laughs> when the things are already simmering over there. You get me? <laughs> no, I was, I'll just say a couple of things. Like we, we, we definitely, we, we definitely like uh, you know like denounce the the amount of migrant workers that died. Um, you know, building these stadiums because they were working Syrian temperatures of like upwards of apparently 40 to 50 degrees. That's terrible. And uh, uh, there are some controversies about, you know, there's a, lot, there's, there's a lack of football culture and Qatar have been um, trying, it's been seemingly like being made to employ fake fans from some people that, from these regions, that, that's fine. But what, what, another wrong thing is that the fan villages that were spoken about that will have um, c cinemas and art screens and gyms have only just like have a bed and a fan. Like that's that's, that's pretty thing. But go on. If this World Cup flops, it's on FIFA. It's not on Qatar. Yeah, 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 hundred percent. It's not on Qatar, bro. It's on FIFA. Hundred percent. Like, it won't flop. It can't flop. Yeah, it, it won't flop. Yeah. It, 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 like if you look at the 
if you look at the facilities and you look at the teams there, like it's a World Cup where you can watch three games in one day because everything is so close by. Like I'll show you guys off air, but like Samson sent me a video, and when you see the video, you just understand that this it's not gonna flop. And I will say one thing to close, though. Like, I think as human beings, we're allowed to be uh, flexible in many ways. And we are all, we are all often, um, what do you call it, embodiments of changing our mind, but also being hypocrites as well. And and I, I, and I think some of these players are, are, are saying that it's an outrage. I promise you, if they reach the final and they lift that trophy aloft, those feelings of human rights and issues will leave their mind as they parade around the stadium with the trophy, with with, with the what you call it, yeah, I don't know the name. Of it. And, and taking and taking it full circle, if Jordan Henderson should be captain and win the World Cup for England, that band's getting dashed in it. That armband's getting dashed. It's gonna be kissing the floor, kissing everything. So, like, like you said, that's a feel. That's a very, very, very good point. Like, just watch if England win that World Cup. Qatar also becomes a very special place yeah. in the. In, oh, <laughs> yeah, I just leave you with that. Kieran, I have, I have a question for you, my brother. What were we listening to? You've been listening to the Out of Home podcast with your boys, Kieran, Kwame, Yaf. Stephen, thank you so much for checking us out. Please like, share, subscribe, tell a friend to tell a friend. It's your boys from London to Amsterdam. Apple spot car, spot podcast spotlights. I've had a beer and I'm done. We out. Nah. <laughs>